0: Welcome to This Risen Existence with Paula Gooder, a weekly meditation for the Easter season. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. In this podcast, we're going to be turning our attention to Matthew 28. And the account of the disciples' first encounter with the risen Jesus on the top of the mountain in Galilee, and Jesus' subsequent sending out of them to the ends of the earth to make disciples. Most of these podcasts are going to be themed with electionary readings for the year, but just occasionally I've made exceptions. This is one of those, largely because it seems wrong to me to be looking at the theme of resurrection without, at least once, thinking about Matthew's gospel and what Matthew offers us in our reflections about what the resurrection means for us. One of the most surprising features of the resurrection accounts is that we encounter doubt within them. It occurs twice, first here in Matthew 28 and then subsequently in the account about Thomas and his eventual encounter with the risen Jesus. And it seems rather odd, does it not, to have doubt at the heart of some of the resurrection narratives. Surely resurrection is about certainty. Surely resurrection is about the transformation of the whole world and the subsequent transformation of us and who we are. To that I would say a great and abounding yes. But nevertheless, it is interesting and I think quite important to note that doubt plays its part in these accounts. And we need to ask ourselves why it is there and what it teaches us about our reflections on resurrection. One of the problems with the word doubt is that it is an incredibly abused word, a word that has begun to be used in a way that is rather different than its original intention. Most of us probably have our most hated words or phrases that are overused and in their overuse change their meaning. A recent newspaper poll put the use of the word literally at the top of their most hated words or phrases. Another one put at the end of the day and fairly unique at the top. If I were to create a list of my most hated phrases, one of them would surely be with respect a phrase that almost invariably will be followed by something that is not at all respectful. I think we often use the word doubt in a similar way. I very much doubt that often means I am confident you are wrong. And I have my doubts can mean I'm about to tell you why you are wrong. The word doubt, however, means nothing like this. It is the word that stands precisely between belief and unbelief. It is not weighted more to unbelief than to belief. It simply marks a lack of certainty. When you think about what the disciples after the resurrection needed to assimilate, it is hardly surprising that some of them doubted. They have seen their beloved and trusted leader die a gruesome and distressing death. The women of the tomb have seen an earthquake, an angel wearing divine garments, and in verse 9, Jesus himself risen from the dead. The authorities have been putting around a story that Jesus' body has been stolen, and now, on a mountain in Galilee, they see the risen Jesus face to face. I would say that in these circumstances, doubting is a good option. Not disbelieving, but keeping a mind open, unclosed, working on it until clarity arises. We live in a world obsessed by certainty, We are meant to hold clear, confident views on subjects that range widely from education to euthanasia, from economics to the environment, and to express our clear, certain views regularly on online polls and surveys and in conversation. This is something that irritates me almost as much as the phrase, with respect. In my view, premature certainty is as corrosive of truth as lies can be. Certain things in life need time for reflection as we wrestle with issues, questions and explore possibilities. Rushing too swiftly to an immovable certainty undermines our ability to grasp truth. One of my favourite features of this Matthew story is that when they encountered the risen Christ, the disciples worshipped, but some of them doubted. It wasn't just the non-doubters who worshipped, but the story implies all of them worshipped. This is not the only place in Matthew's Gospels where doubt and worship intertwine. We find it also in Matthew fourteen twenty-five to 36 where Peter tries to walk on the water like Jesus and begins to sink. After he got into the boat, Jesus asked Peter why he doubted, and those in the boat, including the doubting Peter, worshipped him. Today, we can often feel that we can only worship if we are clear in our views if we have dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. Doubt can be seen to be the antithesis of worship. It is not. We worship not out of our certainty, but out of our response to God. Fortunately, we do not have to comprehend everything about God and God's relationship with the world before we can begin worshipping. In fact, sometimes it is our doubts that draw us deeper into the mystery of God. And from deep within the mystery of God, the only possible thing to do is to worship. The other feature of this account is that not only do the disciples worship and doubt at the same time, Jesus then sends them out in what we often call the Great Commission, the great command to spread the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. One of the things that feels rather risky at this point That Matthew has just told us that some of these disciples doubt. These are clearly no expert Jesus followers, fully ready and primed for action. The Great Commission seems to suggest that they should go out and proclaim even while they are still doubting. It therefore provides us, us all, with a challenge. It is very tempting, often to use our lack of readiness to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus as an excuse to duck out of the Great Commission. We might say, I don't feel fully prepared yet. Maybe one more course, a little more learning, another year's reflection, and then maybe I will be ready. One of the striking features of Jesus in his ministry is his, to our mind, almost irresponsible and certain risky willingness to send us out just as we are, to carry on the task he began among the disciples, before we feel anything like ready. In the midst of our fragile, half-glimpsed understandings of God, in the midst of our doubting and uncertainty, Jesus still calls us to be to others as he was to the earliest disciples. We don't have to be ready, but we do have to do it. It isn't as daunting as it may seem. Jesus made disciples simply by calling them, and then by being with them. The earliest disciples lived alongside Jesus, asking questions. They got things wrong. They asked more questions. They watched him, got things wrong again, asked questions again. All this, as they carried on their daily lives, they ate together and travelled together. The making of disciples culminates in baptising and teaching, what Jesus has taught, but it begins in our everyday life, in our relationships, our meals together, the common ordinariness of life. It is here that discipleship begins, and here that Jesus commands us to draw others to him, just as he commanded the earliest disciples. In doing so, we will discover that we are not just making disciples of others, but that we are transforming our own discipleship into something deeper and more Christ-like than it was before. In our next podcast, we'll be continuing with the theme of doubt, but this time turning to the character of Thomas, who is so often called Doubting Thomas, and asking ourselves what he can teach us about a response to the risen Jesus. You've been listening to This Risen Existence with Paula Gooder, brought to you by Fortress Press. Paula's books are available at your favourite bookstore, online or down the street.